Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Yeah, the Ric Flair documentary was fire. It's Wes. This came out. It's on Peacock. It's called Woo. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That was good. Yeah, this man said real quick. And Walker. It is called Woo. It's not the most glowing review of the title. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. And like, I thought there would be like a lot of emphasis on the oh. Woo! And he was just like, it's called Woo. The West and Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Keep those texts coming, 704-570-9610. Hit those socials, folks, WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Walker Mail, at West Bryan underscore 72, and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. And most importantly, the West and Walker Twitter page. Hit the follow button on there. You can see Walker and his transformation today. Pulling out the Biff Pogey cutoff. Did you put it out there? The I didn't Stogie, even see it. All that. You already know I put it out there, man. Oh, Anything no. that's newsworthy yeah. that's going on the page. I didn't get when you took the shirt off. I didn't get that. Okay. <laughs> but I got post just a little bit after that, man, so they can see that and get excited, man. I think that they need to put that on a video board for Charlotte when they come out. Uh, to play. Oh, yeah. I like that. Put it on the Jumbotron. That's the type of energy I believe they're looking for tonight to try and get a win. Yeah, put it on the Jumbotron. That would be fantastic. And it is hilarious, too, because Fiddy, I don't think, can look at me without laughing as we do the show because of how ridiculous I look. But I embrace it, and I'm ready for tonight. No doubt about it. Listen, sometimes as a fan, man, you're going to look a little wild out here when you're really supporting your team. So it is all good, my man. But now it is time to go to the campus. Kona! All right. The Western Carolina Catamounts, we've been talking a lot about them. They were listed as the number nine team in the first mid-season rankings by the NCAA FCS Football Playoff Committee. Coming less than a month away from the beginning of said postseason, they'll be taking on Mercer, who are winners of three of its last four, and they continue to receive votes in the AFCA FCS coaches poll as well. They're going to come to Cullowee for a 2:30 kickoff on Saturday, and this is going to be a big-time matchup. The SoCon's best offense, Western Carolina, at over 500 yards per game. This is a team that, with the offense that they have right now, only two other teams in the nation in FCS football average over 500 yards per game, and that's Montana State. And uh, the other team, uh, they did not put in the notes. So there you go. And the other but, team. But uh, only two other teams average those. Or they one of only two teams with Montana State to average over 500 yards per game. And they're going up against the league top total defense in Mercer. They're only surrendering 322 yards a game. And Western Carolina's top-ranked rushing attack is going up against the second-best rush defense 
as Mercer only allows an average of 114 yards per game, so something's got to give there. And the Catamounts are second with an average of 37 points per game, while the Bears rank second, surrendering just 17.2 points per game. So this is a big offensive game for Western Carolina to come out and bounce back as they're going up against a really, really good defense in Mercer. Here's my question. Yes. What do you think would happen if Western played Appalachian State this year? Man, that would be a really, really fun contest. I don't know. App State, with some of the guys being up on that FCS level, might have the advantage as far as depth and talent. But I don't know. Western Carolina, man, they're explosive with that offense, as I said, over 500 yards per game. Yeah, I'm looking at the history. So it looks like, man, is this true? 2013 was the last game. And, of course, App State destroyed them, 48-27, to because historically it's all been about the Mountaineers. But I do wonder just how close that game would be. If I'm tripping because I think it would be close or what. But Western playing well, man. Their losses are to Arkansas. They did lose to Furman, as you mentioned, 29-17. to But still having a successful season. All right. And now we get into Wake Forest and Florida State. And as I said, this is a squad that when you look at it on its surface, Wake coming off the big win uh, versus Pittsburgh last week. And so the ACC has been getting pretty crazy. And you had Louisville that got knocked off two weeks ago. Carolina got knocked off by Virginia last week. And so could this be a game that could turn the ACC on its head? Wake is currently on a three-game winning streak against FSU, a chance to win four straight for the first time in the series. Last time these two teams met in Winston-Salem, Wake took down FSU 35-14. to And so this is a football game that Santino Marucci could be starting for the second straight week after throwing two interceptions, but through the game-winning touchdown against Pitt, Mitch Griffiths could return. We'll see who marches out there as the starting quarterback for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, but FSU, they're smoking hot, okay? They are on a 13-game winning streak, longest active streak in the ACC, third longest active streak in the country, over 30 points in 13 straight games. This is the only team ranked in the top 12 in red zone offense and red zone defense. Their offense is sixth in the country, 96.4% red zone conversion for the nose, and the defense has held opponents to 69.6% in the red zone. As I said, top 12 in the red zone offensively and defensively. How do you see this one playing out, Walker? Well, I mean, I I think Florida State, I I think they're going to take care of business. I, I don't trust Wake Forest as much because here we are feeling good about them coming back against Pittsburgh. We felt good about them coming back against ODU. These are teams that we expect to wake for us to take care of early. And it's why I thought maybe they would suffer that upset against Virginia Tech the way they did. Apparently the Hokies aren't bad at football this year, though. How about last night? They're starting to come around. They're starting to turn into that team that nobody wants to play at this point. Hey, Kyle Bailey, I think he's got something to pull for up there in Blacksburg, for sure, even as soon as this year. I just think Florida State, they've been able to handle business no matter what opponent's thrown at them. So here they are going against Duke this last weekend. Riley Leonard, shaky. Of course, I would love to see what that game would have looked like with him at full health. But still, you took care of business against a really good defense. Riley doesn't play defense in the fourth quarter. Winning time, they turned it on. Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, Florida on the road. West, they don't, as of right now, Florida State doesn't have another opponent in the rank in the top 25. So, to me, it looks like this is the time where, all right, now you just feel like they're going to win out. 
what what's the next game you think they could lose? I, I know you got a little bit of belief in Wake Forest. Is it the Demon Deacons? Is it going to be Miami? They play uh, them at I home. think this could be a tough one. I think uh, the, the, the games I would look at, though, besides a potential upset maybe against Wake Forest, would be Miami and Florida. Uh, having to go down the swamp is is go yeah. down into the swamp is never an easy task, and I think that could be a game that could flip FSU's uh, college football playoff chances as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with Florida State. I think they're going to be able to just continue to move on here. I think they got past a the, the hardest part of their schedule, and um, it, it looks like this is the year for the Seminoles under Mike Norvell, who's continued to get better the last couple of uh, seasons. All right, so now when we also look into the slate for this week, uh, Duke and Louisville will go at it. And this is the biggest matchup in the ACC for this weekend. Louisville's won eight straight at home. They lead this series all time, three to zip. And uh, both of these teams do it in a little bit different ways. Louisville leads the ACC in passing yards per attempt at 9.1. Uh, that leads the conference. Their offense is fourth in the ACC in scoring offense and third in total offense. And then when you look at the Louisville defense, they're fourth in both scoring and total defense. So they've got a pretty good defensive unit of their own going up against the Duke offense. You know what they bring to the table. They lead the ACC in rushing touchdowns. Uh, they're seventh in the ACC in points scored per game, but they still have got that lead, leading scoring defense and third in the ACC in total defense. Their red zone efficiency defense leads the ACC and is one of the best in the country. So this is going to be another one of those matchups for Duke to where they're going to have to play a bit of keep away, keep Louisville's offense on the sideline with Jack Plummer as explosive. They could be Jawar Jordan. You know what these guys bring to the table. And so when you look at this thing, will Duke be able to bounce back against Louisville? Because Duke is definitely in a gauntlet right now. After you got a pound of flesh taken away at Florida State, now you turn right back around and have to face the Cardinals. It's interesting how quickly things could go south for Duke in just two weeks' time. Yes. Having that loss to Florida State where FSU separates themselves in the fourth quarter, Riley Leonard comes back sooner than originally expected, but then goes out of the game because of that injury. And now he might not be ready for another tough opponent in the Louisville Cardinals. If he does come back, do you feel good that he won't get injured again? And at some point, you just have to get him 100% healthy before you throw him out there on the football field. It's a real fickle situation, what Mike Elko has going on right now. I hope they're able to figure it out. I hate it. I know you were the monster Duke fan above all else. You know, I wasn't too crazy far behind you. I was excited about this year's team. They proved it early on. I, I would hate to see it completely washed away because of the injuries that Riley Leonard has suffered and can't come back from. Yeah. That's the frustrating part. I, I do think Duke wins. I I know what happened in the fourth quarter against FSU, but it, it just felt like, you know, the dam broke at the end. Yeah. And, and hopefully they can get back to uh, what they were doing beforehand. I'm going to take the Blue Devils. In this I think game. the thing with Duke coming into this matchup, too, with Riley Leonard, I think it's going to come down to how much pain can he play with. And that's <sighs> yeah. that's going to be the whole thing because at this point, I don't think, unless he sits out for another month, I don't think that thing's going to get fully healthy. There's going to be points in games where he re aggravates it. And so it's just going to be how much pain can he handle, how much pain. Can he play with? And then we'll have the picks uh, for you guys. End of the show. Walker definitely declared there, so I'll jump in the boat with you as my partner. Uh, I'm going to go with Duke, too, Thank also you. to come back <laughs> and get this victory this week against Louisville. Now, turning the page to the North Carolina Tar Heels. 
and they take on Georgia Tech, a team that is 20-9 all-time against them at home. They've won four of the last five matchups against the Heels. Carolina's going to bring that explosive offense. We know how they give it up. They've tallied five scoring jobs of 90-plus yards in their last four games. They lead the ACC in turnover margin. Defensively, Cayman Rucker, you talked about him, sticks in the FBS with seven and a half sacks, and they're going to go up against a Georgia Tech team that's definitely going to be confident. Fitty said it earlier. Uh, they're going to maintain their run and hope to anyway against nationally ranked ACC conference opponents. They've won three straight and four of their last five matchups against ACC foes. We know this is going to be a great quarterback matchup. Both of these guys in my top five. King and May, Haynes King, that is, rank among the ACC leaders in passing yards touch and touchdown passes. And Haynes King is one of only three NCAA Division I FBS players with at least 1,800 passing yards, 350 rushing yards, and 17 touchdown passes this season. So this should be a fun one. Uh, Fiddy, I'll jump in and ask you for your opinion. I'll ask you to jump in. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I think Carolina's going to lose the game, to be honest with you, Wes. Wow. This is a place that they don't go down and, and win very often. And the messaging coming out of the loss the other week really irritated me. Where Mac Brown got up there and was like, plenty of teams have one loss. We're still in the running for it. And if we would have made three or four more plays, it would have been a different result. Mac, you lost at home to 1-5 Virginia. It's okay to be a little ticked off at your team for letting the same thing you vowed not to have happen again happen again and so i think georgia tech is is good they they get up for carolina and i don't i don't think this team is going to be mentally prepared to bounce back and i think they'll drop a second straight game Man, so, go so ahead. no you're good so georgia tech they had you know i don't want to say lucky against miami but they shouldn't have won that game quite literally the hurricanes had it taken care of and they decided not to kneel it but they still ended up winning that game against the canes a couple of weeks back and so it counts all the same in the win-loss column they did lose to Boston College by 15 points. Boston College playing better. And how about the loss to Bowling Green? Weird loss there a yes. few weeks back. So I, I like what Georgia Tech is starting to build. I do respect Haynes King as a QB. Hadn't thrown for over you know only 204 yards in that Boston College game. 348, but again against Bowling Green. So the last time he threw for 300 against an FBS opponent or in the Power Five, I should say, it was 300 against Ole Miss on September 16th. Hopefully, for Carolina's sake, the defense can do just enough to get this team back on track. But how confident can you feel in North Carolina's defense now? And the, the thing about North Carolina's defense is they've held on long enough before things fell off a cliff. That happened against South Carolina going into App State. App State was able to score on them. And then it happened for a while after until they faced Virginia. Can they do that again against Georgia Tech where maybe you have a long streak until you face a good opponent and that's when the defense breaks or is it already done? Are, are the pieces too shattered to the point where you can't put them back together? That's my big question heading in against the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, that's going to be a very, very intriguing matchup as Fiddy said with the messaging that you heard coming out of the loss. Can Carolina bounce back and right the troops and get a resounding victory to get them back on track? And when we come back, guys, it's your favorite Panthers, Texans, Top 10, that and a lot more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. 
All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. music was playing but we were listening to the promo earlier and so uh yeah we're back all right it's back wesson walker look alive everybody focus i got it you got my focus now sports radio 927 wfnz we appreciate you hopping on listening to the midday show wesson walker from 12 to 3 p.m keep it right here afterwards as well for kyle bailey from three to six you can text in share your thoughts share your comments at 704-570-9610 again that number is 704-570-9610 and you can go to our website wfnz.com if there are any segments that you want to catch again because you liked it so much or you missed part of it again wfnz.com wesson walker podcast tab wes keeps telling the listeners that this is one of their favorite segments i think fire fizzles number one where do you, do you think this is number two? It might be. People love this, man. It gets the people going. You get them riled up. It's provocative. Let's do it. All right. Panthers, Texans. Top 10 players in this game. We've been starting from 10th place and then counting our way up or down, however you see it, to number one. All right, Wes, why don't you lead us off? Why don't you give us the first three players on your top 10 list? All of the players in here between the Texans and the Panthers. Who you got? All right. Uh, I've got to start it out. I'm going to go with um, Will Anderson, the oh. first-round draft pick out of Alabama. Okay. Uh, he's PFF 17th rated edge player. He's got 24 tackles. He's only got one sack, uh, but he's also getting to the quarterback as well. He's got eight QB hits so far uh, on the season. So I'm going to go with him as my number 10. You know, I was very high on him coming into the draft. Then my number nine is Steven Wilson. Uh, he's the number 11 rated corner so far, but he's got three interceptions uh, and 24 tackles thus far this season. And then number eight, OACC guy, Jonathan Grenard, three and a half sacks, Whoa. six tackles okay. for loss, six QB hits on the year for him. So that's my bottom three. Okay. Uh, that's good. I actually like one of your answers better, so I'm going to change mine here real quickly. Okay. Um, yeah, I know that's cheating, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, I actually have Nelson at number 10, and then I've got Austin Corbett at 9. I'll be a little homer for you. He hadn't played this, this year. This man hadn't played at all. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back off injury, and he makes his debut in the top 10. All right, fair enough. Welcome aboard. 704-980. Let's go. 
I just feel like almost him not playing and having to see what's been playing at the right guard spot allows him to be in the top 10 for how he held it down. That's enough of an argument. Honestly, I stand by that. I probably should have him in the top five for how bad the interior pass protection has looked without Austin Corbett. And now you bring him in. We'll see what he does against Houston, but I'm going to have him at number nine. And then uh, I have Will Anderson eight. Dude's been outright good. Just a, not even just, oh, he's been pretty good for a rookie. No, nah, he's been a good edge rusher for this team under D'Amico Ryans. So I don't have Grenard. I thought about it. He was an honorable mention. I like Grenard. I actually think he's one of the more underrated pass rushers in the league. Got to interview him at ACC Media Day when he played for Louisville. I like him a lot, but I got Will Anderson a little bit further up, and I had Nelson and Corbett taking those couple of spots first. So okay. Will Anderson uh, is going to come in at eight. I have Corbett at nine. I have Nelson at ten. All right, for my number seven, I got my guy in there, Tank Dale. Okay, seventh in rookie receiving yards despite only five games played. Dynamic football player. Uh, love what he brings to the table. Then number six, even though I haven't been as high on his play this season, still going to pay uh, Derek Brown his proper, proper respect. Still has 30 tackles on the year. That's still uh, a very nice amount for a big man of his stature. And then 2.0 tackles for loss on the season. So you want to see those numbers come up and then get a sack or two on the board. Maybe uh, he can do that. And then my number five, uh, I've got Blake Cashman. The numbers don't blow you away, yeah. but he is the number one rated linebacker so far from PFF. Yeah, I, I got one. Well, I, I don't think the snaps are as much, if I'm not mistaken, for him. And so he's missed a few. So I think that does bring him down. But I do have Cashman because he's been rated so highly, because he's been playing so well. That's exactly how I want tutoring my linebacker. It's D'Amico Ryans, especially right. with the Houston Texans. So I've got Cashman coming in at number seven also. Um, I'm going to give love to your boy. You might have him higher, honestly, mm-hmm. but at number six, I got Adam Thielen. Okay. Adam Thielen been playing well. That's a little disrespectful, but I don't know how you. That's a little bit, but you know, we'll get to it. <laughs> I really thought I was going to get praise. That's the thing that sets you off the most when you think you're going to get praise <laughs> and then you actually get criticized for it. Yeah. How dare you? LaGreca, I love bringing him in here. Yeah, I got Thielen at six, and uh, I've got Derek Brown at five. Okay. That's what I'm rolling with. Move on. What you got? All right. Are you mad at me? No, I'm not mad at you. It's okay. You know, it's all good. All right. So, uh, number four, I got Brian Burns. uh, Four sacks, Mm -hmm. seven tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits thus far on the season. Uh, Number three, I've got Adam Thielen. Okay, seventh in the NFL in receptions, 14th in the NFL in receiving yards. And then when you talk about it in terms of slot receivers, he's right up there uh, at the top of the league. He's having a great season, a quantum leap, so to speak, from last year. He is balling out of control. And then number two, I've got uh, Nico Collins, fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. I was going to say, yeah, I didn't think Thielen was the best receiver in this game, so I was wondering if you were going to have Nico Collins ahead of him. So I told you, Fiddy, you know who hadn't been mentioned yet. I'm just saying, I told you. We were talking about it in the fishbowl before. I I told you who was going to be number one on Wes's list. And uh, this is where I'm going to have C.J. Stroud come in. I'm going to have him come in at number five. So. Oh, hell, mercy. Are you kidding me? Wait, do you agree with that? I know you got to believe in it more based on what you were saying earlier today. I was letting Don speak for Wes. Because we we figured out that Wes is going to have C.J. Stroud, number one, which just feels entirely 
It just feels entirely way too high. He's been, yeah. He's been good. He's been really good. He's not going to be the best player on the field on Sunday. I mean, do I got to do I got to put him up there like at number 1 Just after ahead, 6 games? Ahead, That's ahead. what I'm saying. But I got CJ Stroud at 5, which yeah. I thought I was giving him some love here mm-hmm. because I <laughs> You thought wrong, man. I can't give these guys enough. I'll put them all at 1. Everybody's right. It's a 10-way tie. Adam Thielen 1, CJ Stroud 1. I got Brian Burns 4 and I got Nico Collins number 3. Okay. Uh I did I I went Three two. Did I go a little bit too far ahead of you? Who's the top two on your list? Who's the top three on your list? Just to cover our the bases. top three was Adam Thielen, like I said, seventh in the NFL yep. in receptions, fourteenth in receiving yards. Number two was Nico Collins, fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. At number one, uh, C.J. Stroud. He leads the NFL in interception percentage. Zero point five percent of his throws result in an interception. He leads all rookies in passing yards. He's got zero interceptions in five of his six games this season, including all three on the road. Has yet to throw a road interception. Like I said earlier, two touchdown passes in four of his last five games, 96.4 rating on the season. So I'll be quite interested to see who you put ahead of him. Um, number one for me on my list is Laramie Tunsil. I, but he might not play. Well, neither, uh, but, neither, well, neither, neither Brian Burns. I'm just going with based off of, yeah, like Brian Burns might not either. It's just But he's been a limited participant, so he's been practicing. So he more than likely practices. Is Laramie Tunsil, I mean, he more than likely plays. Is Laramie Tunsil out for this game for sure? Um, hold Man, on. This Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> if he plays, if if you were operating like Laramie Tunsil was playing, where would you put him? Uh, he'd definitely be a top three player. Because that's game. that's how I was operating. So yeah. all right, so he was a limited participant, so he probably goes to. So so if he, I've got him number right. one. I, I think. If if you play left tackle, we have some seasoning, right, with Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, if you want to do the pro football focus thing, he's 20th overall, but in pass blocking on the blind side, he's 6th this year. Mm-hmm. And he's just been a pass blocking beast his entire career ever since he stepped foot in the NFL. So that's why I like Laramie Tunsil. I only left him out because I wasn't sure he was going to yeah. play. I didn't think he was going to play. All right, so so would you put him ahead of CJ? No. He's a quarterback, man. Uh, yeah. And he's playing great football. Honestly, this is no, he is. And obviously I'm not gonna argue that. This is this is where our biggest disconnect is every year. <laughs> it is or every week. You just feel like the guys make quarterbacks and the quarterbacks oh, don't no. really earn uh what they get. I, I don't know what it is. You tell me. I think <laughs> because you give them uh an immediate uh, advantage for playing the position just for suiting up at that spot. Because what happens is I, I, I'm telling you, CJ's great. Mm-hmm. He's been excellent. Mm-hmm. He's also played how many games? Six. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't call him, I mean, is he a top 10 QB in the league this year? I mean, can I interest you in the last four games? 306 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. 280 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. 384 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And then against Baltimore, 242, but no turnovers. If Bryce Young was playing that kind of football, you would have Bryce Young at number one. Oh, I don't think so. No, I definitely wouldn't. I, I mean, I'm, those, those, are, those are sterling numbers, especially that would be great yeah. numbers for a seasoned quarterback. This is a rookie we're talking about. This ain't about homerism. Here. I got Laramie Tunsil at number one. It's not because I dislike CJ. I love CJ Stroud. I just got him at number five because, I, yeah, he's been great. Here's my question. I think I like to compare these guys to other QBs in the league. Mm-hmm. And then figure out where they last because, like on your list, it's 
Derek Carr, I don't know if he had a number but one. But it goes by what is going on no, in this game. I can't so, say four better players in this game than the guy that plays the most difficult, most pressure-packed position coming in as a rookie and, that's and what playing it is. dominant football. And that's what it is. Yeah, it's, and it's I'm you, looking at it in the context of said game. And and that's what it is for you, right? I get it. It's, yeah. it's playing quarterback gives you such an advantage with these top ten lists that it's going to have to be some awful football for you to be out of the top ten. Like that's yeah. and I and I get that. Mm-hmm. So I think Slowey is doing a great job of calling the game, but I'm not taking any, away any respect from CJ being in the top five as a rookie through six games. Yeah, but the guys I, you I've, put ahead of them aren't more dominant at their position, and he's being at his position. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, I disagree. Nico Collins, who's throwing him the ball? What did Nico Collins do last year? Oh wait, would you say Brock Purdy's better than Debo? Or no, 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 but what, no, 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 no. Uh, but these guys were already established brands before Brock Purdy got there. We knew what type of players they were. You weren't talking about Nico Collins last year when he had 480 yards on 37 catches. You, you weren't talking about Nico Collins as a really good player. Oh, but I think what we can go back to is the fact that they've had awful QBs since Deshaun Watson right. and left. Now and now he's gotten back. more dominant because of who he's playing with, the quarterback that he now has. But you were at, so if we're doing this year thing, right, mm-hmm. and we're asking who's been more dominant at their position, mm-hmm. Nico Collins, to me, has been more dominant at his position compared to other receivers in the league, being top five compared to what C.J. Stroud has been in his position. I can't say that because quarterback is way harder than wide receiver. Oh, that That's fair, but based off what you asked me, that's what I was going with. Who's been more dominant at their position compared to C.J. Stroud? So if C.J. Stroud's not a top-five leading passer, but Nico is a top-five receiver, then I think it's okay to have Nico, by the way, a couple of different spots, which is what makes the segment great. Like, we go, like, you just were so egregious by having a guy ranked two spots ahead, but now nah, it's disrespectful. Yeah. That's how we roll, man. I mean, CJ should have at least been top three. What you got, Fiddy? You gave me the authority yesterday to blow the whistle and call fouls. I'm not <laughs> calling a foul line here. Heartstopper Harley, maybe with the great thing we do moving forward for the legendary top ten. Mm-hmm. Let's exclude the quarterback. No, hell no. Nobody doing that. That's what... <laughs> Absolutely. Not. Okay, Wes. I mean, I'm glad to know you were open to that idea. Yeah, I thought no, it would he, make it for more right, interesting. Maybe think about it. No. You know, uh, nope. Wes was like, yeah. Nope. And I'm trying to give love to your offensive line. Because every quarterback, every quarterback isn't good. Every quarterback isn't dominant. So it's not like every game that we play. Like next week, Gardner Minshew is not going to be. Oh, don't you disrespect a top the mustache player God. in this game? Probably. I mean, we haven't looked at the two squads, but nobody's going to be sitting oh, there no, making a case for Gardner Minshew to be getting top two or three love. But I mean, Wes, we're we're going to be playing seven opponents, and outside of Desmond Ritter, what QB have you not had number one? Uh, I've, I've had when or I number had two and um and golf and them like did I put Sh- golf number one when they played? It was have. well deserved, but I think right. It depends on the guy. But I don't think I had Derek Carr number one. You probably had him two or three. Yeah, and he should have been. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, okay, so like that, that means... That man's a multi-time pro bowler. I mean, what are right. we talking about? Uh, right. Mm. Uh, Tua, was, uh, Tua was number two because you had uh, Tyreek there. Yeah, he's playing MVP football. Oh, no, he's not. Tua now? Oh, I don't God. think he's... He had one game last week. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> everybody else in the world been talking about how the man's an MVP candidate. This is Walker at home. Boo his sorry ass! Wait, <laughs> hold on. You can't say one game when he scored 20 against the Bills and 17 against the Eagles and they haven't beaten the top 500 team yet okay what top five quarterback what top five quarterback has been lit every game this season Patrick Mahomes has had his struggles this season Brock Purdy's had his struggles this season 
I mean, when you talk about the best quarterbacks, come on, Walker. He's 2,092 yards, 15 touchdowns, six picks, 70 one percent completion. Oh, he's been, no, he's been good for sure. <laughs> no, that, no, 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 no. That's I, elite. That no, ain't good. What I said is he's been good. No, that's elite. <laughs> that is elite but football. Wait, what, how many QBs are elite? Two hundred ninety-eight yards a game he's throwing for with fifteen touchdowns to six picks. If that's not elite, elite, then I guess we need a different direct, a different definition of what that is. Wes, can I ask you a question? What? How many QBs are elite? There's a decent amount in the league. You want to do this next segment where we no, just go I down and listen to quarterback? Like, I just don't understand how you say a guy you ain't shouldn't have been top two with those kind of numbers. I, I'm just asking you a question. How many QBs are elite There's in the NFL? There's probably 10 or 12. Then we got to change the definition. But it depends on how you're 10? playing that season. A top third of the starting QBs are elite? Yeah. <sighs> All right. We got different definitions. And then it becomes... Okay, so how many is, elite quarterbacks you got? Two? Um, Pat, <laughs> Pat Mah- well, I, that's but that's kind of what elite means, right? Like that it's such a finite group of players throughout a stretch that you can only. I, I okay, feel like I'll, I'm going by the definition of what it is, man. Like, and especially after a prolonged right, let's kind go, of play. Well, we we're up against it. You want to do this at the start of next break? Not really, because we can. <laughs> but you started it now. You lit the match. Don't throw the rock and then hide your hand. Well, the rock is on the rundown. Panthers, Texans, top ten. I just got to abide get it. by it. I get now it. the next rundown is Terry Rozier. I kind of want to get to Terry. Okay, well we'll get to Terry, but we definitely got to come back to this because we got to settle it. That's what the people want. Mm, I don't think so. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Terry Rozier. I talked with Terry at the Spectrum Center. Here he is breaking down their matchup against the Hawks. Going one and zero. Can they make it two and zero against the Detroit Pistons? At Sports Radio ninety two seven. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Walker Mayo here at the Spectrum Center here for Wes and Walker. Got Terry Rogier alongside me via, we'll call it the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Terry, awesome win to open up the season, man. What was the biggest reason for the win against the Hawks on opening night? Uh, just staying poised. Uh, you know, you, you could feel the energy from, you know, the last two years of me being here. Just, you know, us going down 11 early in the game, 10, whatever. We get down on ourselves, and we, we never felt that uh, last game. We just always had that great energy, so I kind of f- figured we was going to be all right. And, you know, we stayed with it, and uh, I feel like, you know, 
they credit us at the end, we got the win. The vibes do seem different this year, man. I mean, all around, it feels different, no matter who you talk to, and it feels like you're kind of talking about that with the confidence a little later on. What kind of, do you feel a big difference this year compared to last year coming into the season? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the one that try to compare seasons, because, you know, once it's in the past, it's in the past, but uh, you know, I could just be thankful for the locker room we have, and you know, I, I can appreciate if the guys want to come in every day and get better, even with the season that we had last year with the injuries and stuff like that. So you can always respect that. Well, and it felt like it was a grown-up game from you too. It felt like, all right, you looked to attack at a certain stretch that time. Still got up, I think, seven threes, but you were attacking heavy. There was a couple of impressive shots that you hit inside the three-point arc. Was that something that clicked to you as, all right, this is what my team needs now, or were you just trying to take what the defense gave you? Yeah, just you know, being myself what the defense gave me. I'm not really going into a game thinking do I, thinking I need to do uh, one thing more than the other for real just because the game is so unpredictable. So, you know, just try to be myself. When I be myself, everything else opens up. All right, so I think uh, a lot of the fans, too, like the jerseys, the throwbacks, feel like those jerseys don't get as much love as the glory days from the early 90s. How did you like those jerseys? How do you compare those to other unis you've worn? I love them. I love them. I did not know we was going to wear them in the first, uh, first <laughs> did, game yeah. out the gate, but uh, it was a surprise to me, but, you know, I can't wait till we keep them coming. And we got some other other uniform we're going to rock yeah. out with. So we excited for it. we got uh, the best colors in the league. So. Uh, I mean, sure. of course. So the City Edition unis, do you like those too? Uh, yeah, I like them. I know yeah. a lot of people got, got some stuff to say about them. I think once we put them on with the shoes and our swag, we have them on the court, people are going to rock with them. I like them too. I'm yeah, not going to lie. Them. I like them as well. It's Terry Rogier at the Spectrum Center for Weston Walker. The other thing real quickly is everybody's also talking about the pig trophy that you won. Have you seen this pig trophy? You yeah, I've seen that. It was okay. like us in Atlanta right. or something So, like so <laughs> before the game, Ashley Shamity of Valley Sports right, brought in the pig trophy, and apparently it's the barbecue series between you and the Hawks. And so I just didn't know how much that meant to you at all, or even if you saw it and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I did see it. I, I, <laughs> I, I want to say that it means so much to me, but every matchup uh, in the Footage Ball Club yeah. is always important, so it, it feels good that we can get to take the pig home. Yes, <laughs> yes, well, we can get the motto going. So and that's another thing, too. Like The Hawks feel kind of like a rivalry just because of regional distance, because you know maybe the, the young point guard thing, right? Just a couple of different things you can make. The NFL teams are rivals, too. Do you feel like their rival? Do you feel like you guys have a rival in the league right now? Uh, I wouldn't say right now, but if we can, we can go on and take that on. We can go on and take that on. If we want to start that up. That's fine. But okay. I wouldn't say we got a legit rival right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last couple things here, real quickly. Terry Rozier at the Spectrum Center. Uh, I think one big takeaway was just how well Mark Williams, right in front of us, played. Got to be a difference with him, just because of how different he is as a player. We haven't had anybody like that on the roster. How is it for you having a, a guy like Mark Williams on the roster? Does that dictate at all how you play defensively and offensively? Yeah, no, it's huge. It's huge. And we, we let him know how appreciative <laughs> we are of him, you know, as much as we can. Just him being a big presence back here and changing our defense. Uh, a guy that we can, you know, really throw the ball up to. He can go get it and dunk it. You know, it's no knock on nobody that I played with in the past, but uh, he, he he's very special. He's young and he, he does everything that we ask him. All right, last thing. What do you see on the Detroit Pistons roster that's going to be challenging? What are some of the keys that you got to have uh, specifically for this team to win? Uh, so, you know, since I've been here, it's always been great games against Detroit. It's, you know, you got two hard, two hard playing teams playing against each other, so it's always going to be a great matchup. They got a lot of young guys who can, who can go get it. And, uh, you know, it's very uh, athletic and fast, so it's going to be. A, it's, we anticipate a great matchup. Terry Rozier from the 1-0 Charlotte Hornets looking to make it 2-0 tonight against the Detroit Pistons at the Spectrum Center. Appreciate it as always, man. Thanks again. Man, appreciate you. 
Had some Mark Williams love in there. Had some uni love in there. Also, Terry Rozier with the grown-up game. 24 points. It's funny. Here's a guy as the second-leading scorer for the team, PJ being first. And yet, it felt like Terry was probably the fourth or fifth fifth biggest storyline coming from this game. Yeah. So, if you had Mark Williams balling, a different player that we have not seen with this team in a long time. Brandon Miller comes in, the rookie. Of course, all eyeballs are going to be on him. Delivers in the clutch. And LaMelo, I wonder if he was even a bigger storyline because weird game from him. I, I I could see Fitty's point with how he helped that team win, of course. He's always going to contribute in the traditional box score. Mm-hmm. But also was just playing a little too loosey-goosey for my liking. I think there was a couple of potential turnovers. He did have three in that game. Wasn't shooting well. So Terry... I wonder just what kind of steady season he has because his shooting percentage was down last year, but he comes in a month earlier than he usually does. And here he is talking about how good the vibes are, how different this locker room is. Even if he doesn't love comparing teams, how big of a role do you think Terry plays in their success this year? Oh, it's going to be huge. I mean, we know when we talk about the scoring, Terry Roche is one of those guys that the Hornets always depend on for a bucket. Uh, This year he's back to playing off the ball instead of being a, a pseudo point guard like he had to be last season when LaMelo was out. So I think Terry's a guy that we know how he gets down with the corner three, how adept he is at that shot and how LaMelo can find him in those corners and find him and make the game really easy on him. So there's no question Terry from an offensive standpoint because defensively, you know, he's going to be hit or miss. Sometimes he's going to give you what you're looking for uh, in those aspects. And then other times he will not. But as far as just offensively, what he means to this squad, he's he's a key cog in their attack. Mark Williams, too, helping out this team quite a bit. You see him down low. If you look at what that game was last year against Detroit, it felt like one of the matchups. We were all here for Mark Williams versus Jalen Duran. But what we left with was a matchup between Mark Williams and James Wiseman. And so those were the two centers that everybody was trying to figure out who are the Hornets going to take. Well, the Hornets select Jalen Duran. And then they trade him away. And then they select Mark Williams with that pick right outside the lottery at number 15 overall. So this is going to be a big one. I think when you're talking about those two guys, Jalen played well in his opener. I think he had 17 points, doing a nice job. They lost by two to the Miami Heat. Cade Cunningham looks really good in his debut coming back from an injury. I think that's the matchup I'm watching for. If you wanted a little pregame analysis on this matchup between the Hornets and the Pistons, center battle, Mark Williams, we all fell in love with him. I'm receiving all sorts of jokes about who I love more, P.J. Washington or Mark. Mark after the first game. Even with P.J. scoring 25, but now you're going against another rookie that was there for the taking. In fact, the Hornets did take him, so that would could be a fun rookie matchup. Not just C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young this weekend, but a sophomore matchup, I should say, between Mark Williams and Jalen Duran. Yeah, and also, too, a matchup I like to look at as a fan of LaMelo and him being a young point guard in this league. And with there being so many different point guards that are super talented is that this is one of those matchups, man, where he can come out and assert his dominance as one of the better young guards in the league, and he's got a great matchup with Kay Cunningham. Uh, we know these two are kind of similar as big point guards, playmakers, and so I'd like to see LaMelo come out and take this personally, not to the point to where he hurts the team, but to the point where he comes out and makes it a point to Kay Cunningham that shows that he's one of those guys. All right, we got one more hour to go. Maybe we'll finish up with some Hornets talk a little bit more down the line. We still have Shrop props. We probably still have some QB argument. We have 
Panthers-Texans matchup. More to get to. Yeah, still a lot. Here on Wesson Walker. It's all Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.